welcome to episode 121 or 120B, if you prefer, of the Talking Talky podcast. Uh, we are back with a look ahead. Last time out, we looked back on what we think went wrong in the previous season. This time, I'm joined by Chris Ballard. Hello. Hello. And also by Nick French. Hello. Hello. Uh, and we are going to have a chat about what's happened so far in the off-season, what we think is going to happen between now and the end of the off-season, then how we think next year is going to go. Should be a touch more upbeat than part one. So, um, chaps, we've had a retained list published and there are some names on it that we're pleased about and some names that we are less pleased about. Have we yet decided which is which? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I would suggest that the ones that we're not happy about, there was nothing we could do about them in the first place. They were they were already under contract. We haven't offered contracts to anybody that we would like to have got rid of, I don't think. Um, the the ones that obviously probably well documented from the first half of, of this episode would have been McGavin and Hanson, um, Ross Marshall, Dylan Crow. They, as, as I understand it, were all under contract i don't think we've done anything in terms of of extending their stays with us um which would have been quite incredulous had that been the case um yeah i mean look, we we weren't we weren't ever getting rid of them for nothing they they may end up with a bit of a, a gabby rogers situation where they join us for pre-season and then are shipped out to afc nobody um by mid august that's i think probably the hope for the majority there may be there may be a, a player in some of them at, at the level we're going into, um, but they were absolute gash last season, um, and I don't foresee them being world beaters this. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I, I think um, we're kind of looking on the squad that we had at the end of the season with positivity because the end of the season was pretty good, but we also need to remember that for most of last season, 75%. They were not very good. So it is upsetting in some ways to see the likes of McGavin and Hanson and Marshall still sticking around. But if we've given them a contract, then that's probably a mistake. Um, but we have to live with it. And I think I don't think any of them are irredeemable. I think they could, if not come good, come okay in the next season. And if they can't do it against some of the teams we're playing in a mostly part-time division, then they probably shouldn't be professional footballers anyway. Yeah, if we need, if we're 3-0 up and you want to take, uh, I don't know, Dawson off and put McGavin on against, uh, I don't even know, isn't it fucking division in Dover? Like, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, he probably earns too much money for that to be good value but if that's where we are well okay the problem we had last year and i don't spend too long going over last year the problem we had with guys like McGavin and hansen was they were the first names on the team sheet because they were the first names on the team sheet that really is why we did as badly as we did because that was the level of player that we had going down you know onto the uh, into the starting 11 immediately and as first choice so no, not not particularly happy. Um, I don't mind that we've signed um, Halstead back up, but there are two players who are known to us and who are um, previous incumbents 
of the number one shirt at Torquay. That is uh, Lucas Carvalan and Sean McDonald. They are both now free agents on a free. Would you sign either? Um, no, no. I well for two reasons. Number one is I don't think they'll come. I think they'll both be looking. Certainly, McDonald will be looking for at least a League Two side. I think he had the chance of getting a League Two contract, having been a backup goalkeeper in a League One side. And Kovalan is, as we know, as mad as a hatter. It's enduring when he scores, pulling a random example out of thin air, an injury time goal. Um, but if you're a Chesterfield fan, you know how terrible he is. Or a Port, Port Vale fan, you know he's liable to make some horrible ricket in the first 10 minutes of a game and have your team a goal down and a man down with over an hour to play. So um, I don't think Halstead has done too much wrong in the previous season. He's turned his career around, which I think is to his credit. And I also think that the fact that he has signed on is a testament to the work that the management team have done with him. Um, probably more on the confidence side of things than the technical side of things. Um, and listen, he's not going to be playing for England anytime soon, but he should be far and away one of the best goalkeepers in this division for next season. So, um, and also, I you know, I think if we can keep hold of Lovett, I would imagine he'll be fairly inexpensive. Um, I think You'd he would be. So, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that will be our goalkeeping core, such as it is. And really, you know, Reese Lovett's job is to throw stuff at Mark Halstead during training. Yeah. That's his job. <laughs> um, you know, if you're a reserve goalkeeper, you're not really doing much goalkeeping. You're, keep, you're making sure the actual goalkeeper is ready for the games that you need to win. So um, I think we were all very down on Halstead at, you know, last season and we can't believe we've kept him on while well, we had a contract. And I'm happy with him staying, even though he might be liable to make a couple of mistakes every now and again. But again, at our level, when is that not the case? Oh, no, he's, he's got an absolute fucking clangor in him every, every seven or eight games minimum. Um, he, what he didn't have in his locker in the first season was the ability to save shots, which seems to have sort of come back to him. Um, and, and as he's been a regular in the side, he has become a better goalkeeper and he's had more consistently good games and slightly less of those stupid moments. Um, with regards to Kovalan and, and McDonald, no, I don't think I would go back. I think once you've, you've shown that faith in Halstead, there's no reason. If if we don't do well in the National League South, it won't be because of Halstead. It will be because we haven't built a squad capable of being good in the National League South. You don't need an outstanding goalkeeper at that level. You need an adequate goalkeeper and the rest of the squad to be better than what you're coming up against, uh, you know, as, as the other 10 players on the pitch. So I don't think we need a, a McDonald. I don't think we need a Kovalan. We certainly don't need, you know, Kovalan's mistakes. I think he was he was liable for mistakes, but then every goalkeeper will be at this level. Um I'm I'm not I'm not disappointed that Housestead was, you know, was kept on. Um I think it was relatively obvious he was going to be offered a contract. It was whether or not he saw his his time there. Um he's shown faith in the club, the club has shown faith in him. So you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'd, I'd be quite happily, you know, getting behind him. And he's the number one going into the new season, you know, regardless of what happens with, with Lovett. Yeah. I also think just quickly to say, you know, our terrible performance last year, if there was one player in that side who you would think was least to blame, it's probably the goalkeeper. And I think he let, you know, 70 plus goals go past him. And 
you probably couldn't blame him for too many of them. So uh, I, you know, I, I'm happy that he's he's sticking around. And as, as Nick says, you have to build a squad that's going to really blow teams away. That's what we should be aiming for. We shouldn't be aiming for a tight promotion race and just sneaking up on 82 points. I wanted to go out there and murder teams. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm I'm looking forward to us having, you know, 55 points by Christmas or something, and really being a pain in the ass to a team really that everybody else can hate. You're like, oh, you you can sort of like Wrexham this year for us, yeah. where you go like, oh, it's it's not even really a free hit. It kind of is because we we got no real chance of beating them, but it's probably not even really a, a free hit because the gulf between the two sides is so enormous between, you know, if you are a Dover or a Taunton, or I don't even know who is in this fucking division, but like whoever. You'll probably so, find out before the season actually starts, right? Well, I, don't, I don't think it's my job. I don't <laughs> think I need to know. It's, you know, if Gary Johnson <laughs> doesn't know, then there's a problem, but I don't think I have to. Um, but you know what I mean? Like if you're... If you're a supporter of one of those clubs, you kind of probably want to be going, oh, you know what, I fucking, it's a waste of a weekend. I really want to have a nice time, but I know full well we're going to get annihilated because they fucking, they just steamroll the teams. I mean, three, four, five nil every week, it's actually kind of boring. That's what I want teams to think about us. And that is going to start with, it's already partially started with some of the players we've moved out. And I think some of the players that we are looking maybe to dispose of one or two of those we've already discussed, McGavin, Hanson, Marshall, etc. Um, but also some of those that we're hoping to bring in and have already brought in. So we've re-signed Tom Lapsley through members of the Tom Lapsley Appreciation Society discussing Tom Lapsley's re-signing is probably going to only go one way. Um, mm. But we brought, in, we brought in Dawson, which is a little bit of a statement of intent because although he was probably released by... Uh, Gloucester, so I don't think we'll have paid money for him. Everybody could see that he was better than what we had before, and we've gone out and got him very much like we did when when we dropped into the conference first time under Buckle, where we just lauded it over everyone else, and we went right. We'll have your captain, we'll have your centre forward, we'll have your goalie, we'll have your centre back, just the best of everything in the division because we could. Well, we've. This time, what we've done is we know that Dawson is Gloucester's best player. So we've gone, well, we'll have him off you. Thanks very much. I want us to do that with, with a few other players, to be honest, as part of our operation to just be really aggravating for everybody else in the non-league south. Where yeah, do you think- I, I think so. I, I think Gloucester's situation, I think they've gone part-time now. So he was probably yeah. always going to leave. Um, and I believe there was a falling out with the management anyway so circumstances have conspired to make us more attractive than they probably would have been otherwise although again we don't get Dawson without Gary Johnson he said as much in his interview this morning yes, he has yes. history and whatever your thoughts on the management I don't think the t- the players that we've kept on new contracts I think if Johnson is not the manager we lose Moxie we lose Hall we lose Lapsley and we don't get Dawson and we probably don't keep Halstead either no, that's, I reckon that's at least close to true. Um, it might not be entirely true, we'll never know. But right. yeah, it, it's certainly very close to true. You know, the last thing that the likes of Moxie and Hall need at this stage in their careers is someone else turning up who doesn't know 
you know, their little foibles and what they can and can't do and, and everything else and have to learn a whole new system and style and everything else. They just need easy and predictable and reliable and to be allowed the lenience of having that bond of trust, you know, of, uh, if, if so to know if Moxie says, Gaff, I can't train this week, but I can play Saturday, for example, to know that that's genuinely because he can't train this week and he knows not yeah. that uh like, you know, she can't be asked or whatever that you would probably have with a new manager. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's like you say, it's it's a real statement of intent the way that they've gone this week as well by releasing the names of the players that have signed contracts and, and Dawson coming in. I think that's that's a move away from the manic Monday, weird Wednesday, whatever it was that they did the last couple of summers. And actually it seems to have worked because they're, they're just through my feed on social media. There seems to be more of a buzz, uh, more of a positivity that seems to be surrounding, you know, the just the news that's filtering out of the club and just amongst supporters in general. Um, I I like Dawson. I think, you know, what we've done is we've gone with a kind of try before you buy with him. Like Chris says, you know, he he wouldn't have joined us if it wasn't for Gary Johnson. Um, so, yeah, say what you want about the manager staying in place. But there is, seems to be a real intent within the club to try and keep the nucleus of the squad that did very well at the end of last season um, together and keeping hold of Lapsley, who I believe people were talking about had offers from the, the national league. He's got, he's got somewhere that he's got, that he lives down here. You know, I think that it will have been sold to him on a, we plan on being here for one season and one season only. Therefore you'll be back in the national league next season, season after next. Um, so why not stick around? There's otherwise you've got all the upheaval of going and, and fighting another relegation battle with or picking a team out of thin air, older shot. Um, you know, you can you can sit and, and have another relegation battle with them, or you can you can be part of a squad that we anticipate is going to score between 80 and 100 points, um, have a bit of fun, really enjoy your football, and then be back in the, at the same level in 12 months' time. That is very much how I hope we are selling it to Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis was discussed a little bit in, in um, part one, half one, um, about kind of what, what he's had to put up with for the last couple of years. He's been relegated twice in two seasons, um, which, as it turns out, he would have had if he'd stayed at Scunthorpe anyway. So he was kind of no, no worse off moving to us, except having seen him... Um, and spoken to him after the Scunthorpe game. I don't really think I'm betraying too much of a state secret to say that he is happy to not play for them anymore because he didn't <laughs> like it there and he likes playing for us. I'm kind of hopeful that that is a little bit how it's being sold to him. Do you want next season to roll the dice and go to Barnet or Aldershot or anybody else in the National League and roll the dice that maybe? you'll be in a relegation battle for the third season running. I mean, coming to us, he should not have been down the bottom. So you, you can't tell. It's not like he went to Maidstone or Wheelstone or anybody else ending in stone and like where you'd maybe expect them to be down the bottom. Mm -hmm. We are a decent national, we should, and we were over the last eight games of the season, a good national league side. We should have been finishing between seventh and tenth or sixth and tenth fighting for that last place in the playoffs, realistically, pre-season. 
but we didn't. And there's no guarantee that any team, unless you go to like Wrexham or Knox County or Chesterfield or whatever, that they are going to be up the top. Or you can stay with us in a division that's probably two, between two, a division and a half and two divisions below your level. You can probably smash in 40, 45 goals next season in all competitions without really trying too hard. And you can have a Champions winner, winner's medal around your neck and then you'll be in the National League anyway the season after and you'll be on a roll. You'll be on the up rather than on the sort of, oh, it could go either way. I'm desperate for that to be how we are selling, staying at Torquay. I know he's got a contract, but like not looking elsewhere. To I'd say I'd say two words to Aaron Jarvis. Jamie Reid. Jamie Reid. Look at, look at what Gary did for Jamie Reid's uh, career. Look at where he is now. He's lit, just been promoted to League One. Um, he could have he could have left us when we went down, you know, along with the likes of Liam Davis. But what what he did was he stayed. He banged in a load of goals. Then stayed for this first the COVID was it the COVID season? It was the COVID season, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he left at the end of that one. Got himself a move to Mansfield. Didn't quite work out, but has now found himself a team where he's utilised and used very very well is scoring goals, is happy. And as I say, he's got another promotion under his belt now. Yeah. Um, so you would you would hope that any any footballer with half a brain would look at what happens to players when they actually have that kind of faith and have a really good season. If he were to be given the opportunity to go and sign for whoever loses the playoff final on Saturday, probably wouldn't begrudge him that move because they will be red-hot favourites to win the league next season. So probably wouldn't begrudge him if, you know, if he went there to partner Langstaff or if Langstaff went and he decided he was going to, be, you know, lead the line for Notts County. Um, and exa- in exactly the same way, if Chesterfield don't go up and he ends up there, I, I wouldn't begrudge him that move. I don't think there's any point in him going to places like Barnet, Woking, Wealdstone, any any of those, because there's as much of a chance that they'll finish second or third as they will twenty second or twenty third. Yeah, you know, we we showed it last season. We with with the form that we were in at the end of the season in a in an average division, we were terrible for three quarters of it, and that's why we went down. We showed at the end of the season if we'd have had a half decent side, we'd have been sat there probably seventh or eighth, challenging for the playoffs. Not not suggesting that that team would have been able to sustain the form over the the whole of the season, but you know if if Jarvis goes to a, the top end of of the national league, as in the one the only the only club that really I think realistically have got a great shout at winning the league, um, or goes to League Two if he has those offers and someone comes in and, and bids money for him. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't sell him. I, I just wouldn't. I'd be I've I've made this clear myself. I'd offer him the extra year probably offer him a little bit more money than he's on at the moment and say to him, look, if we don't go up, you can go next season at the end, at the end of the season, give us one year in the the national league South. If we don't go up, you can go for 20 grand and you can go wherever you like. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. actually made the same point about the contract extension. I think I'm certain that that's how we're selling it to him. Um, He's young enough where if he does take the extra year with us and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, he can still move on and enjoy the rest of his, was he 25, 26? He's still yeah, young he's enough. That he, he has five years left, let's say, right? Yeah. Um, I think it might be a nice change for him to have a bit of a jolly around the grounds of Southern England. 
you know, knocking in a couple of goals here, hat-trick there, maybe a penalty here and there. You know, I think it could be a lot of fun for him, especially if we find a half-decent strike partner to take off some of that pressure. Um, he'll have enjoyed himself in the last eight games of the season. Um, and I don't think... I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he does stay. If he does get sold, I just hope for God's sake we get some actual money out of it rather than taking a bag of footballs and, you know, a coupon. Yeah, I mean, what is what is Jarvis worth to us in terms of the goals he almost inevitably will score Yeah, next season? Well, I don't know, what's promotion worth? A couple of hundred grand? Something like that between the National League South and the National League. Obviously, we know that missing out to freaking Hartley Paul a couple of years ago, Dave Thomas always puts that figure in excess of a million pounds because yeah. we'd have had, you know, the Christmas crowds against Exeter. I think Plymouth were in that division that year as well. There were one or two other big game and naturally bigger crowds, bigger away, you know, all that stuff that cost us the thick end of seven figures. Say that obviously the jump between National League South and National League is smaller than that but if it's a couple of hundred grand which it could well be that's not I don't think pie in the sky mm-hmm. like you've got to assess he is we are say 50% less likely to come straight back up if we sell Jarvis so his value to us is 100 grand straight away in one year yeah is anybody sensibly paying a hundred thousand pounds for Aaron Jarvis from a National League South club who has one year left on his contract, when they just go, well, fuck it, we'll have him for free next year. Then <laughs> certainly oh. not paying us. When, <laughs> when, when right. did we last get a hundred grand for a player? For God's sake, Union. Uh, that summer that we sold Union, Bobby and uh, Mark Ellis. Unless we got, did we get hundred grand for Angus McDonald? Probably there or thereabouts. No, I think we got seventy-five for Matt. So, so that's probably as close as we would get. And, and we were a division above where we are now. He yeah. was a year or two younger. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I, I don't think anybody's paying us the value that he's worth in the squad. I think the only way we get that kind of money is if Notts County sell Langstaff for half a million. Yeah. They don't, you know, they lose the playoff final. They sell him. Let's be honest, probably Wrexham. <laughs> um, and then they use some of that money to buy a... Replacement or two. They're not replacing Landstaff. They're not, they're not going to get catch that lightning in a bottle again, but they might buy two players who could fulfill that that goal production. Um, and that's a pretty slim chance of them actually being in that position. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense for him to stay as much as we want him to. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so who do we want then to partner Aaron Jarvis up front? This is the portion of the show where we get to talk about the most talked about man in, I mean, he's in West Ham as we speak, but Frankie Noobs. Have we got any chance of signing him based on the things he's saying on Twitter, based on the conversations that have obviously gone on, um, like Per Dawson's interview today? where he said they've got this big WhatsApp group where they all still talk and they're all still keen to keep the band together and all that. Have we got a snowball in hell's chance of seeing Frankie Noobs in yellow next season in the non-league South? The realistic realistic part, the the realistic part of my brain 
is going absolutely fucking no chance of, of <laughs> new play signing for us. However, have a look at his Twitter. See, see the way that he interacts yeah. with both with supporters, with the other players. Everybody just loves him. And he's either playing a wonderful tune and keeping everybody on tenterhooks before he goes and signs for whoever in the National League or League Two, or he genuinely loved playing down here for eight games. Gary, it'll be the, the Gary Johnson effect again, in the same way that Joe Lewis should never really have come to us in, in the National League. There's just... If you'd, if you'd have asked me at the end of, end of the season, I'd have said, no, it was a lovely eight games. It'll go off. He'll go off in his holidays. He'll get an offer from the top end of the conference or it'll get an offer from the bottom end of League Two and we won't see or hear from him again. But with every day that goes by and with every little I love you, Kevin Dawson tweet or um, what a band we had, um, which is, I think, one of the replies he sent to me. And, you know, he just... I've not seen anybody have this kind of effect on our, our football club since the day that Gary Johnson walked through the door when we were 14th in the National League South. Yeah, he's, just, he's, just, he's just the glue that's holding everybody together. So if they do get him, I mean, I'll go, I'll go and buy my four-season tickets, you know, the, the day they announce the signing. So the thing I would say about Nuble is that I haven't seen a, a player bring as much positivity to the club in a very, very long time. And I think... As a fan base, we're so starved of attention <laughs> that when someone is like looking at us, we're like, oh, he noticed me, he noticed me, and suddenly he's the greatest player in the world. I think if we could convince him to stay, A, he would have a lot of fun. I think our front line of Jarvis and Nuble would be terrifying yeah. to anybody in that division. Probably pretty scary to the, the National League if we were still in it. Um, and I, you know, what is he, 31? He's not getting a move to a championship club at this part of his career. So why wouldn't he give it a shot? I think it's unlikely. I still think it's maybe one in five that he comes down, but even a 20% chance is more exciting than looking to see any number of Rob Street alikes that we might get otherwise. So um, I would love him to stay. My wife, for what it's worth, she loves him. She says she's never seen dancing feet like that. And uh, when I told her that uh, Aaron Jarvis has a contract, she's like, good, because if the beard leaves, I'm never coming to watch another game with you. But <laughs> yeah. Um, he is a, a bargain basement Olivier Giroud, isn't he? Aaron Jarvis. Yeah. Got off topic. But I don't care, because Will Giroud wouldn't sign for us, whereas Jarvis has, well, he's contracted to us, so I don't care. Um, yeah, it, it, you're... 20% chance is about 19.9999999% more than we thought. I think all of us really thought at, at full time against Wrexham, we were like, well, that's the last we'll ever see of Nublé. And I'm a bit sad about that. It, that was actually one of the sad decisions for it. Obviously, you know, we've gone down on all that, but it's like, oh, this squad that we've put together over the last eight games and that's done so well and that I actually quite enjoy watching. Mm. is now in the wind and going to end up in all different parts of the world. Um, there is an interview, just before we leave the subject of Big Frank, there is an interview that um, two of the lads from this podcast have done. It's to be broadcast on Saturday the 20th of May on Riviera FM sometime between 10am and 12 o'clock. 
uh, hosted and um, compared very ably by Will Taylor and Sam Drift. If you want to hear more Drift, uh, more for you. But Frankie apparently has a lot to say, and it's the sort of thing that you're probably going to want to hear. No spoilers at, at this point, but did take a listen to it. Um, if you get the chance, Riviera FM, Saturday the 20th, anytime between 10 a.m. and midday, uh, they'll be broadcasting that interview. So check it out if you get the chance. Uh, there will be a listen again if you don't, but try to listen live because that's how Will gets paid. Um, so of the others then uh, that we haven't mentioned, Stobbs and Collins and was that in Stobbs and Collins? Uh, Dan, Dan Martin. Martin, yeah, who is under contract but recovering from injury. We think he has long COVID and has had all season. So, like, I'm not a doctor, I don't know. Um, Does he have a contract or are we negotiating with him on a uh, new I think we've offered him a deal. Yeah. Have we? Um, okay. Yeah. Right, so, we've offered him something that he's been mad not to take. But I don't think anybody that's not played for 12 months is turning down a, a contract, exactly. in, in my opinion. Nobody, nobody's sensible unless he doesn't feel like he can do it. Yeah, if he doesn't sign the contract, I think he's not playing professional football again. That I think it's kind of that, guess, that, yeah. that point of, of his career where, you know, if I don't think I can do it, then I have to stop playing. It's not like he's, he's not getting offers from anybody else. He hasn't played for 12 months. No, exactly. So, so, you know, and he, he wasn't as, as good as he was. He wasn't that good that teams would go, oh, shit, we've got a chance of getting a bargain here. We can get this guy on a free and pay him not much, but he's brilliant, so we'll... You know, he was perfectly okay. Left wing back, right wing back, what was he? No, he was signed as a left, no, left back. back. Um, oh, was he? Okay. And he was terrible to start with. He, I think he yes, got he sent was. off in the cup game. Was it Haven't and Waterlooville? Yeah. Way, yeah, the replay. And the way that ended, we were like, well, we're never seeing him again. He's going to be one of the, the victims of the Johnson purge. And actually, towards the end of that season, he came back and he was very, very good. And suddenly, you think, oh, we've got a player on our hands. and. I think he did his Achilles or a tendon or something or a knee in preseason and then got COVID. Yeah, last shot of him. Didn't very unlucky. But um, yeah, I think we do need the depth or we need somebody on the left because right now our only left-footed defender is Dean Moxie. And even though we're dropping down a division, he's not getting up and down that sideline anymore. No, no. I remember distinctly at um, uh, York away, the first half, he was right in front of where we were sat. And he was, because we were well on top, he was getting forward and that. And then, you know, because we, he was playing with the idiots he was playing with at that point in the season, passes were being over hit, under hit, everything to, to him and not to him, not anywhere near him, as it turned out. Um, and the sort of exasperation of like, oh my God, I'm 36 or 37, whatever he is. And I my knees are... <laughs> Cheese. Yeah, they're ellipse shaped, my legs, they bow out yeah. and everything else. And I just bust my ass to run 70 yards all the way up here and you've smashed the ball out for a throw. Thanks very much. And the sort of slow way that he would throw his arms up, turn around, jog back. This is I used to play in the fucking Premier League. Come on. Yeah, come on. You've got to be able to find this eight yard pass into my path. Help me out. Um, yeah. I don't know where he's up to with plastic pitches, but a guy of that age who has taken that many blows in and around the knee is not going to be playing on plastic every week. Same with Ace Hall. So, yeah, we're going to need some serious depth in both mid central midfield and that left side of defence. So Dan Martin coming back would be ideal. So giving him a contract is a real no-brainer. 
Um, Stobbs and Collins, I think they're both free agents now. Yeah, and I think, do we have a chance of signing either, do you reckon? Well, we've well, already offered we, a contract to Stobbs, correct? I think in the retain list, we mentioned, we state outright that we've offered Stobbs a contract. Right. Um, so I guess we think we may have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> There's been enough. no news on Collins, although I think when the retain list came out, he was still under contract with Newport and they hadn't announced he was released until fairly recently. Yeah. So I would imagine we're talking to him now. Yeah, they well, they released their players on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, because their last game was was on Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah. Um, and so so until that point, we couldn't say anything, but we could with Stobbs because I think Oldham had made it relatively obvious that they were releasing him and mm. their last game was the same as ours. So it, it, it didn't really make any difference whether we said we were offering him a deal or not. Um, of the two, you'd have to suggest that Stobbs is the more likely purely because he's been released from a lower division club. He's, his career trajectory has been that of a stock that is dwindling. Yeah. Um, however, he was a very good player in, in a, an average side. Again, you know, that, that side that did quite well towards the end of the season, he got better and better as that, that run went on, um, played a different role that he was used to, did it seemingly without complaining got up and back, up and back, up and back, offered some really good delivery, put in a great ball at Maidenhead for, what uh, was it Aaron Jarvis's goal? Jarvis' header, yeah. Um, would be a, a fantastic player. I think he'd be a, a, a really useful player to have within the squad, somebody who doesn't mind the ball at their feet and can get across into the box. And let's face it, if you are pinning your hopes on, on Jarvis and or Nuble, then crosses are what you want yeah and and he's someone who can provide them yeah we had a strange paucity of that last year didn't we we didn't we were not a side who got the ball into the box from out wide very often which is weird considering that we've signed a better looking tim sills to play up front for us and he played kind of most of the games really strange decision but yeah you're i think you're probably quite right we need if not bags of pace out wide and I don't want to get into a Joe Pope scenario of trying to work out which obscure Thornton Town player might be ideal for us on the left wing or whatever. But, you know, we of the known quantities, the only one I think we've got that, that I remember as being any good at actually getting the ball across and into the box was Stobbs. So, yeah, I think... Him, uh, Ballard, what do you think of Collins? Got any chance at all? Uh, I don't think we do. I think given that he was pretty good in a team that was ultimately relegated, he'll get offers from at least the National League. If he wants to come back, absolutely, I would have him. Um, although I would probably look to play him further forward. I think he sees himself as a striker rather than... So let's just say we don't get Noble, right? But we get Collins. I think Jarvis and Collins would be a very good front two. Yeah. in the division. Um, and as you say, Stobbs is, we've needed some pace and we've needed the ability to cross. We've had endless numbers of pace merchants, but no one can cross the ball. I mean, Dylan De Silva hasn't worked out which foot is his best one yet because they're both terrible. All he does is put one in front of the other really quite fast. As soon as there's a ball anywhere near it, he kind of falls to pieces. Um, and also with Stobbs, if we were to have him, it would give then give us more tactical options. You know, do we play 3-5-2 or do we go 4-4-2 and have Martin, let's say, as a dedicated left-sided uh, defender? And then, you know, you could 
to have that left side with those two pacey players and they can support each other when one goes forward. So I think that offers more tactical flexibility. Yeah, I, I would, I mean, I'd, yeah, echo that. I think what Stobbs brought in crossing ability, Collins brings in pace. Um, and as you say, I think as, as a, as a, what we were lacking in, in attacking options off the bench, you know, I'm not suggesting that you bring Collins in to play him from the bench, but like it does give us a lot more by the way of being able to just tweak the systems. Um, you know, if you want to play him as a wing back, you can play him as a wing back. If you want to stick him just behind a front two, you can, because let's face it, you know, we shouldn't really be going into games thinking we need to worry about our, our wing backs as full backs. They should be, you know, a three, five, two should be very much that way. Your, your five in midfield can consists of two wingers mm. because the three at the back should really be able to contain the plumber, the fireman and the baker that are playing up front for whoever we're playing against. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, sounds pretty disrespectful. I don't, I don't mean it in that way, but you know, you, you would hope that, that the quality that we have at the back and the quality that we have over and above other sides are such that you can play attacking lineups like we did last time we were in the division and we could play Alala and Reed and Evans and all of the others because we're not so worried about the sides going forward because we'll just, you know, we'll win a game 7-3 rather than 2-1. So having having a lot more attacking options would be great. So I I don't know if we stand a chance of getting Collins in. the feeling around the club is quite positive at the moment. So I'm going to say, yeah, why not? We're going to get Collins. We're going to get Nuble. We're going to get Stobbs. Um, and we're just going to have a load of fun. Retirement. Yeah. <laughs> every, every summer the O'Kane thing comes up. Yeah. Is he actually retired yet officially or? I believe he's living back in Ireland now. Uh, right. Yeah. I think as well with, you know, having been, you know, we're staying pretty professional, which is obviously a good thing. And we saw it last time we were in this division. Some teams were keeping us at arm's length until 65, 70 minutes. And then the fact that we're training every day would kick in, whereas they're playing Tuesdays and Thursday nights. And we'd pull away in the last three minutes of games. I expect that to be a similar pattern this time. I would like to get more than more than zero points against Western Supermare this time around there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who did I we mean, take we, we... points off last year? Somebody. Who do we Last want? Year, Oldham. Oldham. Not Oldham. Um, uh, Halifax. Halifax. We took six. I mean, don't be fucking living. It's <laughs> funny because the three points at Halifax, it was Holster standing on his head and McGavin with the winner. Wow. Just yes, like it was. Yeah you're, yeah, you're quite right. I was there. Yeah, I remember. We had one effort in the entire match and they must have had 30 shots and Halster saved probably 25 of them. Dick Turpin watched that game going, oh, that's a bit strong. Yeah, can't have this. Wise. Yeah. yeah. It's um, it really was a remarkable game. So, but still, we're not here to talk about four points and hadn't received a goal after two games of the season. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) And that bloody Halifax side who scored something like six goals by Christmas and stayed up comfortably. Yeah, Yeah. I I don't want to talk about last year, bollocks. Um, having said that, I don't want to go down the um, at off the line blog uh, route of like throwing random names out and about. Um, Robbie Wilmot has been released by whoever he played for last year. Newport? He's, yeah, Newport. Um, he's got Gary Johnson signing written all over him. He's 31. 
I think he knows Johnson. He certainly will know um, Aaron Downs, I think. Um, I mean, do we want him? Will we get him? Would we even be in for him? Would he drop down to our level? Is he what we need? It probably, probably not necessarily what we need, given given the way that we've structured the side so far. We've we've re-signed the three central midfielders that we were after. Mm. Um, we've got two already under contract who we don't necessarily want. Um, don't get me wrong. I think you know from you look at his you look at his history. You look at his his career. He's not somebody you would turn down if he phoned Gary Johnson and said, "I'd love to come and play for you." I'm sure there'd be some way of of shoehorning him into the squad, but I don't think I'd go and blow a load of budget on someone who is 30 plus. Where we've got a lot of players like that, like you say, Ace is not going to be able to play on all of the plastic pitches. Um, you know, you've got you've got Dan Martin who we don't know fitness wise. Um, adding a, another 30 plus into the squad in that respect, I'm not convinced about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he's one of those that he'd be, he'd be a consideration. It just, I suppose it depends on, on who else you're, who else you're going for. He wouldn't be a first choice. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah I, I, with the shrug of agreement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we want to get some younger players in. I know, as Nick said, we have some, not just older players, but we have some injury-prone players, prone-prone players like Lapsley. Like we love Lapsley, but he's going to get, he's going to miss at least fifteen games for, for some sort of random injury that we never find out about. Um, and I don't think we're in a position where we can afford to carry too many players. Not quite right. Um, would you go with a leaner squad next year? Would you be okay with us having 21, 22 really good, fairly expensive? players or do you think we need to carry a bit more fat in the basis that we plastic pitches, agricultural opposition, etc. I would have a lean squad if of those 22 players, only two of them are loans. And then we have the capacity to bring in more loans later on if Acer Hall falls down a hole and can't, you know, can't get up his life for that doesn't go off in time. Um or, you know, we have a left wing issue where Dan Martin and whoever else get hurt. I think we leaned too much on the loan signings last season. We had to. We had a crap squad. Um, they should really be there to fill in gaps that you didn't foresee coming. And I think that should be what Johnson should be looking to do. If he gets a year-long loan, let's just say Kieran Evans becomes available for another year-long loan. I'd take him in a heartbeat. But I don't think I would be filling up the squad with loan players in August. You wait until January and look to see what you need. Yeah. No, no successful season has ever, ever been padded out with hundreds of loan signings. No. We had so many loan signings at one point for the end of the season, we couldn't even put all of them in the squad. I mean, yeah. Fellow Hunsey was, was a member of the squad and he wasn't getting in because he was the sixth guy. Speaking of whom, got released yeah. by Sutton this week. Did he? Yeah. He's, he, is, he is available on a free. Do you want him? I mean, not really, I don't think... I mean, I think he had given ability. given that we went from Fadahunzi to Nuble, I yeah, think going back going back to Fadahunzi would probably probably wipe out the good feeling that has been generated by one or two tweets. I'd 
have him if we already had Nuble and you bring in Tope Fadhunsi as a Josh Umera type, not intended to be a frontline starter. I know how it worked with Umera because everyone was sick that year, but um, have him learn from somebody who knows what he's doing and then maybe you can get some value out of him later on. I wouldn't want him to be a first choice. No, certainly not. And actually, I think the parallels with Umera are, are valid and sensible. You know, that poor bastard. He obviously has, as we've seen since, you know, with what he's achieved, shitloads of quality. He just wasn't... Relegation? Ready. He achieved relegation again. <laughs> yeah, all right. He's got relegated again. But, um, you know, he's scored a load of goals. He'll probably get snapped up by a League Two probably. side because, uh, you know, at that kind of level, the size he is and the quality that he is, you know, you can just get the ball up to him and he has got enough ability to... Um, Jack Stobbs has agreed a deal. So literally while we were talking about Jack Stobbs, he was in the building signing uh, a deal to stay. How pleased are we extraordinarily, I suppose, given what we've just been saying about him? I, yeah, it does mean I that mean, the last 20 minutes of the podcast is kind of pointless. Um, we'll let the listeners decide that, I think. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the nice thing is that we're sat here saying we'd really like to keep Stobbs. He's he's exactly the kind of player we need. And the club seemed to agree with us. This is another one of those, exactly as I said about... Um, um, Dawson. It was half an hour ago and I've obviously forgotten. I've got too excited about Stobbs signing. Um, exactly as we said about Dawson. You know, like... We saw the the club have obviously seen the same player that we saw, a, a guy that we needed fit into the squad, had a bit of quality, gave us what we needed, and the club went out immediately and signed him. Same with Stubbs. Three of us have sat here and said, "Yep, he's quality, bossman. Really, would be very happy if he signed." The club have gone and got him. Every time this happens, I I come back to Frankie Noobs and like. We all want you to sign him. Go and fucking get him. Yeah. It is it is nice that the the squad building is happening before preseason. Yeah. It's felt like for the past couple of seasons. Okay, the post Ashton Gate season you can make allowances for, but even last season, we weren't getting people in until the second week of July, it felt like. Someone will probably fact check that and tell me I'm wrong, but um we, you know, we already have, what, eight, nine guys signed on who are in our starting 11 for that great run that we had towards the end of the season. And it's not just a good... That wasn't just a good team for NLS. That was a good team for the National League. Like, on form, the last eight games, we were, what, fourth, I think? Something, Something nuts second, like that. Fourth, yeah. um, you know, we still do have, I think, deficiencies in, in central defence. I think we need at least one more good body in there. Um, but I haven't felt this optimistic. Well, it's me since last summer because I <laughs> yeah. thought it's going to be a great player and we can get on to the release players soon, I suppose. But um, it is encouraging that the club have just, you know, not only have they said we are going to stay full-time and we're going to make every effort to get into the non-league again, they've actually carried it out, which I think was our concern with the statement that we got from the chairman. Yeah. Well, this is this is what I was just about to to go on and say is that you know that we've we've given the club a hard time. The club have deserved a hard time, and 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 we've we've been very critical of it, you know, and 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 the lack of news that comes out and the 
the general atmosphere around the club has been of a very closed shop. But the statement came out, we were sceptical of it, and I think with good reason, because of the way that the, the history had shown over the last two summers and the last two full seasons, that I think we were right to be sceptical about the way that, that Clark Osborne came out and, and made a statement. Um, and I can understand exactly why people were unhappy with and criticising the fact that Gary Johnson was staying. Um, however, full credit to them. They, they've put their money where their mouth is. They've signed the players that we want them to sign. They're making all the right moves. The social media, the, the PR aspect of it is fantastic. And they're, they're giving us the news that we want when we want it. Now, this may all be to generate season ticket sales. And, and generally speaking, I'd say that's exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Um, but, but full credit to them for going out, getting the players, telling us about it. And actually, I've never known a relegated side have this much positivity less than two weeks after going down. Yeah, 100% definitely. Um, the... Interest, potentially interesting question. Do you think we'd have signed these players if we'd stayed up? Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I, I think I would imagine, and I, obviously I, I'm not privy to the internal workings of Talking United Football Club, but I would think any player that we had, certainly coming in towards the end of the season, we'd have said, look, you're coming in because we see you as somebody who could be with us next season. Um whatever division that may be, we're going to give the next 10 games, let's say, a go. If we stay up, great. If we go down, okay. But we've looked out. We've, we've looked at you and we, we're going to make a decision on whether or not you're going to be with us next season or we'd like you to be. Um, um, yeah, I think they would have... All of these players that we've signed, with the exception of the ones who we already had <laughs> under contract, are good enough to be in a good National League side. And that's how we won National League South last time. We packed our team with players who mostly then demonstrated they could do it at the level above. And that's how you win divisions. We've seen it with the Rex and Missy. They've got a team full of League One, League Two players, and they pissed the league, apart from Notts County. So you know, I think that's the way you have to do it. And also, I think it sends a strong message to the rest of the division. If we show up August the whatever it is, the first game of the season, in disarray, having signed a dozen dudes on the previous Thursday night. That's not a good message, but now they'll be looking at this going, well, I guess we're playing for playoffs. Yeah. yeah, With only that one champion spot and then playoffs immediately thereafter. Yeah. You've got to be, and, you know, these, the club, maybe the fans won't know, but the clubs themselves, surely the likes of Dartford, for example, who are always up near the top of the non-league South and never seem to manage quite to get promoted. But they've got to know that Alan Dowson's not an idiot, the Dartford manager. He's not an idiot. We know this. You know, he will know that what we have got here is a squad that would, if it played for an entire season together in the National League, probably have finished somewhere in the bottom end of the playoffs, probably. So taking those players into the National League South has got to be a worry for everyone else. It's demoralising for the for the opposition to sort of think, oh, Jesus, you know, we were kind of hoping they were going to have, they were going to turn up with Ali Omar at centre-back and somebody else, Fada Hunzi up front and nobody else, Jarvis would have been sold and everything else. So, yeah, it'll I am be, a little it, bit hopeful. It'll be, it'll be disappointing for, for some of the sides that were already there 
in two respects. One is that you're going to have, you know, players that are playing in a, a playoff final this weekend who, with all due respect to them, it's probably going to be their only shot of of going up because next year you're going to look at, you've got Maidstone, who obviously had already gone up the season before and are just built for sitting in and around the top seven of the National League South. You've got Yeovil, who could go anywhere from, you know, a second straight relegation to being right up there and being our, our woking. Um, but also we're not signing a group of unknowns. We're not, we're not signing these players because they've been released by clubs and we're putting them together in pre-season in the hope that they make a good team. We know they make a good team because they've already done it. They've been there. They've done it. They've in the, in the back end of a national league season where we were struggling and we were basically down in March you know, these guys have played together and proved that they are a fucking good team. Yeah. And they will go into pre-season having played eight or nine games together previously, gone through a pre-season, got to know each other even better, quite clearly from Dawson's interview, and I, I suspect we'll probably hear from Stobbs in the next 48 hours or so. Um, they all seem to get on. They seem to have a really good, close-knit, very tight, squad you've managed to convince Stobbs who probably would have had an option to stay in the National League to move all the way down from Oldham to Torquay you know they're clearly pushing the boat out on players that have been proven to play together and enjoy playing together um in the in the hope that we'll just roll straight into next season in the same form that we finish this yeah yeah absolutely I'm I'm very very happy with this um I think now we must deal with the issue of the players that are no longer with us. Um, Ali Omar has gone. I know Ballard will have plenty to say about that. One or two others have left. Who else has gone? The whole youth team, that Moist that I think some of us fancied a little bit because he looked good in a one preseason game a year ago. Uh, and Olaf Kazela has finally been put out of his misery. What do uh, we think of those who've ben gone? Wyatt, Jacob oh, ben Mensa. Wyatt, Jacob you know, Mensa. I mean, what did he play half of one game? I tell you what, his oh, yeah, agent he, must be in Mensa to get him a year-long deal. He played he played half a game at right wing back, got taken off because he was absolutely rinsed and was never to be seen again. So he, he's no great surprise. Wyatt's a bit of a surprise given that he's played a fair few games. He was he was one of Gary Johnson's players who whilst he may not necessarily have hit the heights we were hoping for from a, a player that had been promoted out of the division, Gary Johnson still trusted him towards the end of the season to have him in and around the squad. He came in at uh, altering him, didn't he? When, when Moxie got injured in the warm-up, he hmm. was, he, and he didn't have a bad game, actually. He played relatively well. Um, he was, he was in and around the squad. He played a fair few games. He had a bit of a rapport with the supporters when, when Charlie came up with his, Kaiser Chief song for him. Um, I'm a bit surprised that that he went given Martin's fitness issues, but yeah. I wonder how much of that was driven by us and how much of it was driven by Ben Wyatt's desire to probably play football in and around London. Um, yeah. Aside from that, the youth team, no great loss apart from possibly Moyes may prove to be a mistake, but he's played half a first team game away at South End at the back end of last season. Mm. Aside from that, Gary Johnson doesn't have a history of playing youth players and he's building a squad and has signed some players where 
actually, I wonder how much game time Moyes may have got. Um, hasn't played at National League South level. So I don't, I don't disagree with any of the players that have gone. I think my opinion on, on Ali Omar, I'd have loved him to do well, but I think he just, he got caught out of position too much. Um, and from a, from a technical standpoint, he just, I don't think he was a very good player. No. As, as enthusiastic and, and fantastic as he was as a, as a person and probably to have around the, the club, at no point has he shown the improvement needed to be a longer-term option at the back. He was the anti-Brett Williams, wasn't he? In that Williams had all the talent in the world. He just couldn't be asked to be a footballer. Ali Omar is desperate to be a footballer in the same way that, to a degree, I'm desperate to be a footballer. But in common with Ali Omar, I haven't got any fucking talent, so I can't be a footballer. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been well documented by everyone who's not me that I like Ali Omar. And I think I like him because of mostly vibes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I do think there is ability there. Sadly, it's not defensive ability. When you're a centre-half, that's <laughs> problematic. Um, I think he could have turned out to be a pretty decent defensive midfielder. I think his range of passing is better than he was given credit for. But he does get caught out of position a lot of times. And I always found it very stressful when Johnson would bring him on with five minutes to go to defend a two-goal lead and we'd immediately let one in. He, we, we did it when we were thrown up against York. Um, he comes on, he's ball-watching. Like I, you know, He looks over his head, oh, there's a guy behind me and he has the ball now. Oh, shit. Um, but I, I think it's nice to see a footballer who so clearly wants to be a professional footballer. And I think it's not going to get him very far in his career. But, uh, you know, I, he could have been a cult hero if he'd been better at football. Yeah, if he'd been so much as all right at football. Yeah. But, I mean, the one thing he couldn't be was absolutely dreadful, unfortunately. That's I, what he is. I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up at an older shot because they are that's the barrel that they're recruiting from, generally. Um, I think Wyatt can consider himself unfortunate to have been released, although... As, as we said, it could be a situation of, look, we could offer you a contract. Would you be interested? And he said, well, no, because I want a National League contract. Okay, well, we'll release you then. No harm, no foul. He was good against Ottingham, I thought. And I think given that we don't have a left back right now, <laughs> yeah, you know, he could have been a safe a safe option. Maybe this, the situation was that we, we said, well, we're going to keep one of Wyatt or Martin. And we want to keep Martin for perhaps resale value later on. I don't know. Mensa was nowhere. Um, Costello's been in and around the club for how long? Seven years now? Six years? I think he, he graduated the youth team in 1974. <laughs> right. He's, he's played. Yeah. Like so he games. was never going to be a professional footballer. No. Um, and I, I, like you say, I think of the youth team, maybe Alex Moyes has the ability, but we've not seen it in a Talk United shirt. Um, and he, he was in danger of being another Cosella. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's really good. Just give him a couple of years out at Dorchester or wherever. And then, you know, 25, 26 season, he gets released anyway. Um, I think I think it's easy for people who dedicate an awful lot of time to non-league and, and what have you, like, like Joe, who does the, you know, the off-the-line stuff. It's easy when you spend an awful lot of time with non-league football to say, you, you know, he should be given a chance. He's fantastic. And... 
he, he wasn't taken by a National League South club. He was taken by a Southern League club. He did well. He won that. I think he may have got their player of the season. But there was there is nothing to suggest he has the ability to do it at a higher level. I would have I would have rather last season those players. Olaf had been to Dorchester previously, and I think Moyes had been possibly to Biddeford the season before. Now last season I would have rather gone. Okay, so we're going to look at with all these clubs in in the the National League South. So you had Taunton in there, you had Bath in there, you had Weymouth in there. We should have been going to those sides saying, look, we're paying their wages. They will train with us. They can come and train with you for a bit. But we we need to see them at a slightly higher level. Whether we did that and nobody took them, whether nobody came in for them in the first place, whether they just saw Dorchester and Biddeford as a bit of safe, a safe haven, as you know, well within their comfort zones. Well, I want players who are going to go and push themselves. You know, I'd, I'd want Moist to have said, actually, do you know what? I want to stick around the club because I want to be a professional footballer. Um, but at the same time, they were training with us whilst they were playing for Dorchester and Biddeford and whoever, they were training with us every day. So our coaching staff, our manager, was seeing them on a, a fairly regular basis, if not a full-time basis. And they've made their decision from there. You know, you can have all of the, you know, you can have your blogs and podcasts about about you know, lower league, national league, amateur football. But the guys that pay their wages were watching them all the time yeah. and they have determined that they're not good enough. And if it was a toss up between signing Jack Stobbs and keeping Alex Moyes and Olaf Kazela, I'm going to go with the fact that the club have made the right call. Yeah. Yeah. There are Mickey Mouse money, these guys, but Mickey Mouse money times six, you know, 300 quid a week times six is 1800 quid a week. Yeah, give me a downside less than we're paying Joe. You offer that to Nublay and he's got a real decision to make at that give me, give me one, Give me one first team player over two or three youth team players yeah. because they'll go in and they'll do a job. Yeah. Kind of related to that then, what is the point of our youth development setup? Well, well we don't really have one. Um, I, I, I know, know that like... they're, I know they're, they're linked with the club, but it's the Pro Direct Academy. It's not our own... You know, we we had to offer Matt Wanacott, I think it was, the goalkeeper, we had to offer him a, a contract because he was part of that setup. They're they're linked, they're linked to the football club in the same way that the the women's team are linked to the football club, but the players have still got to be offered a contract to stay. That it's not just a we're gonna offer you a a, a random one year three hundred pound a week contract to come in and train three times a week. There, we, we also don't get any funding for it. And and EFL clubs can come in and go, he looks nice, we'll take him. Uh, and we've got no rights over those players. No. Um, you know, it, it it's there because it's a setup within South Devon College. It's yeah, a pro right. it's the Pro Direct Academy at South Devon College. It's linked closely with the club, but it's not fully like talk a talk United youth system. So do we think it's fair to say? All right, well, let's not expect any first-team players out of that setup for the foreseeable future. If we happen to find one who could uh, turn out to be good, great. But we're not Exeter with their conveyor belt, and we're not Plymouth with... Obviously, we're not, because we're non-league even before getting relegated. So um, I just think it's a shame that we don't have a pipeline of players coming through from the area. 
Because they're going elsewhere now. Because why would they? The value that Exeter's Academy gets, um, and I know from speaking, I know this like firsthand from speaking to guys who I know connected to Porky, who then went to Exeter and ran their youth department. They, it's not the three quarters of a million quid or whatever you get for the guy who's played a dozen games in the first team. No. It's the 10 sets of 50 grand you get for the 13-year-olds who, who you've invested two years once a week training into, but they are worth money because other academies will pay for those players. I remember um, the, I look, it was Nico. We all know it was Nico. There's no sense in beating around the bush. Was up my neck of the woods for a few days. And I think he bought four players with him and they were children. They weren't, you know, four players out of the first team. They were youngsters that you've never heard of and you probably never will hear of. But he was selling all four. He bought them up here to let them sign their papers with clubs in and around me. He was staying at Hotel Football for convenience for Manchester United. So they are, that is the, they are the level of players that they are signing. They will be youngsters who grow up in Paynton. They will be Kiefer Moore and other guys who grow up, Ollie Watkins, in Paynton, Torquay, Brixham, Seton, wherever, and they get hoovered up by these academies. That is what we're missing out on. It's not the guy who comes through the ranks, graduates into the first team and goes on to score a solo goals and then gets purchased by crew. It's all the children you never hear of that get sold 20 grand here, 50 grand there, 70,000 there, free. But if he makes first team, we'll give you a million quid, whatever. All these different deals that keep Exeter ticking over. And we we don't have that. That's what we're missing out on. And all the while we've got the owners we've got and we're in the divisions we're in, we're not going to have it. And that's a bit of a problem. That's a real negative point to make on a positive podcast, isn't it? Jack well, Scott's I mean, let's, yeah. let's, let's not forget that Alex Moyes didn't come through our youth setup. He no, came he from Exeter. Yeah. Exeter released him. Oh, actually, we, I didn't know that. we picked him up. I think he may have been with us at like he might have played for like the under 12s at some point, and then Exeter hoovered him up, trained him, decided he wasn't good enough for their first team and let him go. And then he came to us. So he 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 has it's all very well saying. We're not giving our own youth players a chance. We bought him in, gave him an opportunity after he'd been released by a football league club and have decided that, do you know what? This is where we cut our losses. Now, we've cut our losses this summer, but the same people that complain that we're releasing him complained last summer that we gave Olaf another contract. Hmm. So it, it's yeah. all very well. It's all very well in hindsight. It's all very well preempting it. I can turn around and go, releasing Alex Moyes is a ridiculous decision. He'll be a very good player. If he goes on to be a very good player, then I can go back and say, well, I told you he was going to be a really good player. If he doesn't go on to be a really good player, no one's going to remember what I said. No. No. No, for every Wayne Rooney remember the name, there's a, oh, David Bentley's going to be the next David Beckham. And he has half yeah. a good season and like never kicks the ball again. Phil Jones is going to be the greatest central midfielder since Patrick Vieira. Phil Jones um, is a fucking genius. Uh, oh, he's, he's, had he's, genius. He's, he's had 10 years at Man United. He's still there. It's really quite incredible. You know, he's the a, a modern day Darren Fletcher or that type of that type of bloke. Okay. Um, 
last and final question, I think, from me. Who do we want to play in pre-season? What sort of pre-season do we want to have? Do we want to go and bully a load of amateurs down at Taunton or whatever? Do we want to bother with Argyle in the hope that playing against a load of really, really good players will maybe spur ours on a bit? What do you think the approach should be for pre-season? Um, aren't Taunton in our division next year? Oh God! <laughs> no, I I think we should be looking. We'll play Plymouth and Exeter. I'm certain of it. Um, probably at Plainmore, which is fine because you know we'll probably get three thousand to show up, and the money will be helpful to pay for Frank Newblaze lodgings while he's here for two years. <laughs> um, we need to be. I think that there's a danger that we set too much store in what happens preseason, certainly in the in the in the games themselves. I mean, we beat Exeter last year, and we thought this is going to be great, and then we got beaten fairly comfortably by Plymouth, and thought this is going to be shit. <laughs> now, we were, <laughs> um, I don't really care too much about the preseason setup regarding the games themselves. I think it's important to get people playing ninety minutes or seventy minutes or whatever it might be. Um, but the preseason work needs to be done on the training field. Um, and that starts with having the squad assembled and ready to go essentially July the 1st. As soon as their contracts kick in, bring them in, have them do their weight, you know, their exercising and their nutritional stuff and get them in decent shape before we start giving them a ball. Um, it's always nice to go to places like Dawlish for the day. You know, I've been to Dorish a couple of times. It's like a fun day out and Leon Constantine was there and I thought he was going to be the best player we ever signed. Um, Spoiler alert, he was not. It was great on loan and then that's somewhere we bought him, I think. I think we paid 75 grand for him, I think. Yeah, club record. I knew it was going to be bad when someone said, Leon, Leon, Liverpool game is nil-nil. He went, oh yeah, who's winning? <laughs> Which is, uh, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's very smart. Anyway, the point of it is, is that the preseason is really for the fans. The you know, preseason friendlies are for the fans more than they are for the team themselves. You very rarely learn stuff. Sometimes you lose stuff. I think we lost Dan Martin in a preseason game last year. Yeah. If we can, honestly, if we could just play Exeter and Plymouth a week and two weeks before the season starts, I'd be happy with that. As long as there is confirmation that they're working their nuts off in training. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it'll be a very similar preseason to, to ones that we've seen before. I think we'll have the the likes of a Dorchester. We will probably play Biddeford. There'll be a, a nice Friday evening in Buckland. A um, couple of games, Exeter and Plymouth. What, what, I'd, what I'd like to see us do is probably try and forge those links a little bit with Plymouth and Exeter, where they're cast, they're, you know, Exeter are top end of League One now, there or thereabouts. Yeah. Plymouth have gone up to the championship. Therefore, for me... Their cast-offs should be better than they were two years ago. Um, now, I'm going to mention a name, <laughs> not not just because you've typed it up on your screen, Ballard, but <laughs> because it was someone who I was thinking of in the first place, is that a left-back that we've seen before that's been released by Plymouth, who obviously isn't good enough to make that step up to the championship, but should he be on our radar, is Ryan Law. Yes. Four divisions, though, he'd have to be coming down from. He would be, but he was. Player. He was. At, he was at Yeovil at the back end of last season. Oh, that's so, true. Actually, yeah, they were fucking crap. So, Nash, so, you know, he was on loan with us in the national league. He's been on loan with Yeovil in the national league. He's probably 
there or thereabouts. Now, is anyone in the National League Southwest enough based to keep him? Well, no. So it could be that looking at the, the best place clubs to get him back to the National League could well be us. Never had a fitness issue that I'm aware of. No. No, um, he enjoyed his time here, I, I suppose. Didn't yeah, he? he was terrible in the first game he had with he, us on loan. And then yeah. after that, he improved massively. He got better and, and better. End, he like, oh, that's a shame. Okay. So, you know, I, I, look, I, I think going back to my original point is that I think Exeter and Plymouth, we really should be seeing as players that can give us the two or three loan players that might actually complement the squad. Um. So, yeah, I don't doubt that we'll play them. And you might well find that someone like Cardiff want to come down and play all three of the Devon sides. So you might end up with a, a Cardiff game or a development squad, possibly, like we've had against Bournemouth previously. Mm. Um, combined with a couple Newport of... last season? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah. And, and the chances are we'll probably have a, a sprinkling of the, the Peninsula sides in there as well. So... Like like you say, Chris, it's it's about the work that they do and just getting used to playing with each other on the pitch. But they've been doing that for the last two months anyway. So really it's it's just getting them prepared for the start of the season and you know how however they go about that, I think will probably be you know, we'll we'll get we'll get an injury, we'll probably sign a couple of players from somewhere or other, there'll be some trialists. It it it'll be a preseason like we've seen however many times in, in the past. Okay, all right. I think, unless anybody's got any other business. Uh, one AOB is, do we care about the National League player final on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon? I guess. Yeah, very much. Yeah, we want Chesterfield to win very desperately. We do, right? Yeah. Because I was <laughs> like, well, I guess in the absence of a comet landing on Wembley Stadium, it would be absolutely hilarious to see Notts County get 107 points and not get promoted. Yeah, break the National League record for most points ever scored and still yeah. not go up. I mean, it was funny as fuck to, to watch them go 2-0 down <laughs> against, yeah. against uh, was it Bromley that they played or Bromley, whoever, whichever yeah, one it was. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was hilarious watching that and thinking that they were, they were choking that. Um, it would be... It would be phenomenally funny if if they didn't go up it would be i think somebody had said it would be absolutely criminal if it's if wrexham and Notts county don't go up and it, it would be it would be ridiculous those two sides were heads shoulders knees and toes above everybody else um but also we're not in the national league next season so it really doesn't make any difference if if it's Notts or chesterfield that win that league i don't really care unless which is probably another course of any other business, unless something happens with South End and we're signing all these players with a National League campaign in mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't wish that. I want South End to be absolutely fine, just for clarity. I want South End to be fine. I want their financial troubles to be over because we know what it's like and we know what it could be like. Um, however, if they go to the wall and we get a reprieve, well, I'll absolutely still be there on the 6th of August to watch us play Notts County and sing 107 points and you fucked it up. On 1, the thousand percent, yeah. On the South End point, I do understand. It sucks for fans, and as fans of a team that hasn't always been well managed, um, we we probably know better than most. But at which point do we have to say there's consequences for not running your business properly, and not just 
oh no, we've spent two grand on a striker that we can't afford. It's we've defaulted the, the people of the country. You know, we, we, we have tax bills that we're supposed to pay and we just chose not to. And we hope we're going to be allowed to skate on by because we're a football club and we have supporters. Um, the trouble they, is the people that pay the price are the fans and they didn't choose this. The, the people that did it are the owners. And because of the way limited companies were, they just walk away and go, no, no, work away with no wasn't us. And yeah. they, they, drive, they jump in their Bentley and drive off. And you're like, yeah. who really is getting punished here? It's, it is only the fans that just want to turn up um, yeah, I mean, I you know I, I do understand it, but also bear in mind, I think we're the first team to finish fourth on board to get relegated in the last five years. Um, we all have avoided it twice. Yeah, you know, and, and the season. National League are notoriously strict when it comes to this kind of thing. So if if Southend yeah. don't sort their shit out, they will. By the way. Of course they will. They'll 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 pay it the day before. Yeah, there'll be a last minute reprieve. For yeah, or or the winding up order will be dismissed, and there'll be another one set for the first of August. Yeah. Um, you know that that I've got almost no doubt about whatsoever. But the National League themselves are pretty strict when it comes to you know the financial regulations and being able to have a twenty three or twenty four team division, whatever they choose to go with. And they have demoted sides before who have not been paying their wages and have not been able to give the financial guarantees. Um, if if that happens, so be it. That's that's a South End problem. Mm-hmm. And without wishing ill on them at all, it's them who don't have their house in order as as an organisation. It's them that don't have their house in order. It's them that you know can't sign players and can't fulfil their obligations. If that means that we end up in the National League, so be it. If it doesn't, we're going to have a lot of fun trying to get back there. Yeah, judging from the squad we're putting together, it's going to be fun either way, I think. Yeah. So. Okay, that's that. I think we've, we're done. We've come to the conclusion of having to round up last season and look forward uh, to next. We will um, be bringing you some interviews. Over the coming weeks, we've got some lined up. We've got some that we've pre-recorded. There are one or two that you are really, really not going to want to miss uh, that we've we've already recorded, and they are excellent guests that gave excellent interviews. So uh, look out for those. Uh, but as for episode 121, uh, thank you very much to C. Ballard Esquire. Thank you. Uh, N. French Esquire. Thank you very much to everybody for listening to my uh, rambles over the course of the last 12 months. Yeah, thank you to to everyone who has listened. Um, We hope you'll join us again throughout um, odd bits throughout pre-season that we'll do and obviously into next season as well. If you want to join the Tom Lapsley Appreciation Society, I think membership will still be open when this goes out. I hope it'll still be open. If well, you're you in charge, to, Matt. You should you should know this. Uh, well, I'm not in charge. P is in charge. Editor P gets to make the decisions. Um, so uh, if you want to join the TLAS, let us know. It's good fun. It's only a few quid and it's it benefits charity and all sorts. So um, hit me up on Twitter if you want to join that. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.